Hey, it's Kaylin Priest, and you are listening to the Wholehearted Business Podcast. Okay, you guys are going to love this episode today. I'm calling this How to Monetize Your Mind. This is a coaching call with my friend Jessica, who happens to be a flower farmer, which is just the most fun thing ever. So before I begin, I want to just give you a little intro because I can pretty much guarantee that you already have right now some kind of information in your brain that people would pay to get access to. So if you are at a point in your business where you would love to make more money, but you're already working more hours than you would like to, or your availability is maxed out, maybe you're fully booked as a coach or you have a full client load, or you don't really want to hire a team to help you scale that way, you kind of just like being a solopreneur, you kind of like being a team of one, that totally resonates for me. The next road for you is going to be to learn how to increase your income by creating leveraged offers and by learning how to monetize your mind. So if you're wondering, leveraged offer, what does that even mean? I like to think of these kinds of offers like a jack for a car where you don't have to do a lot of heavy lifting. You don't have to exert that much effort, but a jack can lift thousands of pounds right out of your minimal effort. And so leveraged offers are offers that take very little effort or time to create. And often they take, they should take very little or zero time to fulfill. They should be something that you can create one time and either sell it to multiple people or bring multiple people through an experience at the same time without it requiring any extra effort for you to add one more person. But the cool part about like the jack of a car, right? It takes minimal effort for you, but it can move thousands of pounds. These leveraged offers can move hundreds of thousands of dollars with your minimal effort. So some ideas of leveraged offers could be digital products, courses, programs, training, workshops, challenges, events. It could look like some kind of a digital download, like an ebook or a workbook, templates, memberships. I also like using group offers as leveraged offers. So group coaching, group programs, events, live events, in-person events, virtual events, even Voxer events are some of my favorite ways to create leveraged offers. But the coolest part is that This will really push you to ask the questions like, what kind of lifestyle do I want? And can I build an offer that makes $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 a month in the limited availability that I do have? And what information, what knowledge, what techniques, what skills, what tips, what mindsets do I have in my brain that people would pay to get access to? You'd probably be surprised at how many you have in your mind. And as you listen to this episode with Jessica, hopefully it will bring some ideas to your own mind. And I want you to watch and listen for, watch her experience as she goes through starting to play around with some opportunities for herself and ways that she can monetize her current offerings, her current education information, all the good stuff rolling around up in her brain into offers that people would happily pay to get access to. And then play around with what a leveraged offer would look like for you or a another leveraged offer if you already have one. I think you're going to love this episode. And quick heads up that the greenhouse is opening next week, Thursday, February 22nd. I'm also going to be running a workshop called Gentle Marketing this Thursday, the 15th at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. So if you haven't gotten an email with the Zoom link yet, send me a DM on Instagram and I'll DM it to you. We're going to have so much fun chatting through this. But until then, I hope you love this episode, this recording of my call with Jessica. 
All right, Jessica, how are you and what's on your mind and what can I help you with? Um, I, I'm doing good today. I've really been looking forward to, um, chatting with you today ever since you so graciously, like, you know, messaged me back and forth, um, last week. It just, it got a lot of thoughts, um, going, like even just what, you know, when we messaged last week, um, it just made me have like lots of thoughts, like moving forward and, like I really had to start thinking about like, what do I really want? What's, you know, what's really the best thing for my family? And for me, um, this is kind of like a side note maybe, but like one of like the big things for me that came from it um, was like, I don't really consider myself like one of those like really like type A productive people that has to like, yeah. you know, like fill every minute of a day. But sometimes I think in the world we live in, like those type of people are really praised, you know, mm -hmm. that like, okay, like, look how productive they are. They can just keep go, go, going. And, you know, I'm almost 38 years old and it made me realize like, that's one of the things that was really draining me with being a business owner and a, and a fairly like high impact business that takes a lot of hands-on yes. work, mm -hmm. you know, in the flower farm and it made me realize like, you know, you have motherhood is pretty like high impact and intense as well. Like I have five kids. There's a lot going on there. It's really busy. I have this business, you know, you have your home, all of those things will take as much as you give them and still they could have more, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they could, um, like there could still be more to do. And that's just one of the realizations that I had this week after thinking about everything that we talked about is that like knowing that about myself that like, like I can go and get stuff done. Um, but it always felt like I was procrastinating or being lazy or whatever. If I like gave myself this quiet time or this downtime, you know, and that was just one thing this week that really came from that was that like, I know that like, I won't feel like that. I won't feel like I'm being lazy or feel like I'm procrastinating or not doing what I should be. If I schedule that quiet time in, instead of just being like, okay, I just can't go anymore. Like I got overwhelmed. I did too much. It's time for me, you know, to step back. But if I just say, okay, I know that I need this. And so this is what I'm going to do in my life so that I can make sure that I have that time to recharge. Yes. You know? Yeah. Okay. So what does that time look like right now? Um, so like some of those things I like had started like scheduling and I hadn't even realized that that's like what I was doing. And all of a sudden it became really easy, you know, like don't necessarily consider myself a morning person, but like all of a sudden it became easy to just wake up like 30 minutes before my kids, you know, and make sure to take time to like have quiet time, read scriptures, um, you know, ponder and just like kind of be, you know, so it's not a ton of time. And then um, it feels like it should be easier to do this during the day because all my kids are at school. But like I said before, like your home, your business, your family, like everything that you give them, like there could be more that you could do. Like, and so, um, and it's not every day, but saying, okay, like 
I lay down a couple times a week and just take a 25 minute nap. That doesn't necessarily mean you fall asleep. My husband yeah, yeah. thinks that's really funny. <laughs> you know, he's like, well, if I lay down for a nap, like I want to <laughs> fall asleep. And I'm like, it's not about falling asleep. Like you just close your eyes and just, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, anyway, just like taking like little snippets of time everywhere, being, you know, knowing, okay, in the morning, I'm going to take 20 or 30 minutes here. And in the afternoon, I'm going to take 20 or 30 minutes here. Um, and then like going to bed and saying, okay, I'm going to take 20 minutes just to read for 30 minutes before bedtime, just um, to rest and recharge. And so like looking at my life now, I'm like, oh, I was doing that, but I was feeling lazy about it. Mm -hmm. when really that was what was helping me recharge so that I could do all of the things throughout the day. This resonates with me so much. I feel the same way. I am someone who recharges best alone, (laughs) a quiet space. My husband's someone who recharges best in social settings. That's not the way that I roll. So what you're saying resonates with me so much. And I feel like it sounds like you're sort of identifying that time to be silent is like one of your core values. It's not just like a convenience for you or like something that you take if you can or when you can. It's like, I need this to be like a pillar of my life, of my business, of my lifestyle. And so I'm going to intentionally build that into my business. And if my business gets to a point where I don't have that time, my business shifts. Not It's not like I give up that time and then spend that however long, 30 minutes, on my business instead, it's like, no, my business, what something will have to change in my business to make it still possible for me to withhold this time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me more about, does it feel like there would have to be a big shift in order to make this consistently happen for you? Um, so I think like, that's, you know, kind of what we talked about last week. Like my business is at a crossroads, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, like start the flower farm thinking like, okay, this is going to be a business. We're going to make money. It's going to contribute to my family. Um, It was a lot more, I don't want to say virtuous, but that's the word that came to my mind that like, like I'm starting this because people need more opportunities to find joy in their life. Like, you know, flowers make people happy and you know they come to the flower farm they come to the UPIC and you leave happy you feel like your soul has been recharged and nourished um and and if it pays for itself and it gives opportunity for my kids to work you know then that's great um but as it's grown um it takes more and more time And so it kind of feels like it's at that crossroads, either like it needs to make more money to contribute to our family so that we can, you know, so my daughter can have better piano lessons or, you know, we can go on a family trip every year or whatever, like it needs to contribute financially to our family or else something needs to change. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess like being at that crossroads, knowing that like I am a person that needs some stillness in my life that I can't just like go, go, go all the time um, or I get overwhelmed. Um, It just makes that crossroads feel like a little bit more, I don't know, confusing, I guess. 
like what do I what do I do like this I don't feel like it's something I want to give up like I feel like it's um and I would still grow flowers and have garden even if it wasn't a business but I don't know I know exactly what you're saying okay so and first let me say that I also I share the same passion as you for flowers and so like I just I love this conversation so much I'm like nerding out and behind the scenes in my mind but oh, I'm so ready to talk flowers with you. When you're done talking business, I'm ready to talk flowers. That's I, my happy place. Flowers <laughs> I love that. Okay. So let's zoom out a little bit and go a little bit bigger picture and tell me about like some of your long-term goals. What do you want to see? Sometimes I get a little bit stressed when people ask me like, what do you want to do in the next five years? That feels like, I don't even know. <laughs> like, I don't know how to identify that completely, but like Tell me the direction that you want to head in. I love that first we know for sure a pillar for you is that your life has to have time for stillness in it. I love so much that you've identified that and that you're like claiming that and owning that and not from a place of like, because, you know, not a place from guilt or like, not a place from guilt, just pure like, this is something that fills my cup, that fills my soul. So tell me some more of the other things that you would maybe some other like pillars of your brand, of your business, of your lifestyle that you would love to see either expand in the next few years or things that are happening that you want to eliminate completely. Um, yeah, like I'm totally the same as you that like, and actually we just got, my husband, I just got this asked this question on Sunday, like, so what are your goals this year? What do you, you know? And I'm like, well, it's hard to be like, well, this is my goals this year. Um, but it's easier for me to be like, okay, in 15 years, this is where my family will be. Like, this is where I want to be. And, um, you know, there's like a lot of people that live to work. Mm -hmm. And that is like so important like that's they like really that's like such a core part of their identity is working my husband and I have been talking about this quite a bit that like we're more like the work to live people um you know working is a part of life like you have to have it like you you have to have money you know um but we really, really enjoy our family time. You know, we ski almost every Saturday with our kids. Um, we were kind of like doing some super long-term planning and we're like, well, where do we see ourselves in 15 years? I'm like, well, truthfully, I hope we can both be retired in 50 year, in 15 years, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, go around and see our kids, we could, travel go on a mission you know like those kind of things like like financially like that's where we want to be um just like a little backstory is we my husband worked at a place for um about 15 years it was a family business and um the last five years that we were there we both just had this nagging feeling that this wasn't where we were supposed to be and it was one of those really hard ones because it's like, well, we're comfortable. The work's good. It's, you know, like everything's fine. Like, why do we have 
this nagging feeling that this is not where we're supposed to be. And we really wrestled with it for a long time before we were like, okay, like this feeling is not going away. And um, so he left that job and um, we're kind of like doing the entrepreneur thing right now. We have a few different businesses going. Um, the truth is he really loves the flower farm too. And he loves um, that it feels like you're making a difference in people's lives, like making their day better. Um, and it does have like the flexibility and, um, you know, some of that that's like, I think really important to both of us. And so in some ways it's like, wow, like if I could really get the flower farm to a point where like he felt like this is what we could do, you know, this is all we would have to do. Like, like that would be a huge stress off of him. Um, I think that it does like, it would contribute a lot to the lifestyle that we both really enjoy and that time with our family and um, our friends that we really love. Um, I don't know if that really answers your question about the pillars, but it gives me some more questions. Okay. <laughs> My next question is, so I know with flower farming, it's sort of like, there's a point where in order to make the amount of income that you want to make, you may have to scale up the operations to a certain point. Yeah. Based on what you currently have going, the size, the scale of your operations, is that enough for what you would want to achieve financially or would you have to increase operations? I think we would have to increase operations. Okay. Um, last year we did add almost 500 peony plants, which is like a high dollar um, flower. Um, and so those take about three years to get into production. Right. So we're on year two. Um, so next year they will really come into, you know, really start to contribute to the flower farm, which will be really helpful. Um, but I still don't think that even with that, that it would get us like all the way there, yeah. you know? Okay. It sounds like based on what you're, what you're saying is like, well, let me ask it this way. Do you want to increase production even beyond that? Or does that kind of feel like that's like our happy space where, you know, maybe we hire a couple people or maybe we don't, but we're able to manage it ourselves. Um, every time that like, I thought like, oh, like we could, cause our, our flower farms in our front field and um, our kids like ride mountain bikes and stuff. So we've always had this like little pump track and stuff in our front field. And when we added the peonies, we made the track smaller and to increase production, um, it would mean the track would have to go away. And every time I thought of that, it's like closed up my mm -hmm. mind, like given, given me like this block, like my kids need that more than they need me to grow more flowers, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so I've, I've always really felt like where we're at right now is a great Deal. place. Yeah. Okay. You know? And it's tricky. Like I do my main love is the you pick. I love having people come out to the flower farm 
and really feel that connection with flowers, like kind of get away from the world a little bit, step into the secret garden where they can connect with nature and nourish their, nourish their soul. And, um, and so, you know, that's one of those things you can't really control. Like, well, how many people are going to come to the UPIC tonight? I don't know, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and it does get like, more and more people learn about it every year. And, and so it does like get better every year. Um, but as far as like increasing land or like growing more than what we already have set, like I, that's where I feel like what is doable for us. Yeah. It kind of feels like your ear max yeah. as far as output, as far as production, which is just good to know if you're like, oh, we have 50 acres <laughs> that we want to like <laughs> turn into a flower farm. It's like, that's a different business model. Really. Right. So right. knowing that like the space that you have feels manageable, it feels good. Expanding doesn't really light up your soul with joy. I think the direction then that we need to go is looking at leveraged offers where you can bring in an income without having to sell flowers, bring in an income without having to spend more of your time, bring in income in ways that it doesn't put more strain on the farm itself. And there are an infinite number of ways to play around with some of these things. And I think you've already played with some of them. You're already teaching people how to do this, right? Yeah. I do some in-person classes. I, I think last year I did four or five and I'll be increasing that to like eight to 10 this year. If, if all goes to plan, you know, yeah. how do you, how do you feel about that? Does that feel exciting? Yes. I love like seeing people really connect and just see their souls light up, you know, mm -hmm. when they get to learn something new, like, I don't know, this sounds kind of silly. I've always had a hard time with girls nights, kind of like you go <laughs> and you're like, I don't know, that sounds like bad saying it. Like I'm not a strong woman or something like that, but like you go out and you're like eating dessert or whatever. And it's like, okay, like that was fun. But like, if I'm going to take, you know, a few hours away from my family, like I want it to be very valuable. Like, you know, so I like book clubs or like, you know, I like things like that where it's like, okay, I'm taking this time away from my family, but I'm going to come home feeling like I learned something new. Like I, um, like I can be a better person in some way because I learned this Thing, you know, and so I love offering that to other women um, that they can come and feel like, wow, I, you know, I learned how to arrange flowers. And now if I get a grocery store pack of, you know, bouquet of flowers or come to the UPIC, then when I come home, I know how to beautify my home and make it just a little bit more special refuge for my family to come home to, you know. How important to you is it that the classes that you hold are in person? Um, not necessarily important. Um, it's something that's like always, you know, swirled around in my brain. My husband keeps saying like, you need to do this. Like you should really try it. Sometimes like I get caught up in the logistics. Well, how do I do? What do I do? You know? <laughs> and so that bogs me down a little bit sometimes from moving forward. I think if it sounds fun to you, that's why I'm asking questions like this, because it's like, I think, you know, you could build a 
gigantic mountain of a business selling a digital product or a digital course. But I'm feeling around to see like, is that something that you actually want? Because it's okay if it's not. But if if you're like, yeah, secretly I do want to do that, but I'm scared of all of the hows, that's something that I can help you with. But tell me like, do, have you had thoughts or visions or dreams about selling some kind of a course or a program or a workshop digitally, remotely? Um, so truthfully, you are the first person I've told this to. Well, I did tell my husband the other night because we were laying in bed and we we're like just getting ready to go to sleep. And I was like, oh, I need to write something down real quick. And um, it was this idea for a class because, you know, there's like millions of classes. You could take a class on anything, right? And not that you necessarily need something to set, like, you know, you're supposed to be your brand, set yourself apart, blah, blah, blah. But like, you want it to feel like it's something like maybe valuable or a little bit different or a little different take on things so that it, you know, um, so that people feels like, you know, so that you will get your ideal customer that's like, yeah, I relate to that. Like, I get it. Um, one of the things I say all the time is that flowers are a gift. Um, they are a gift from a loving Heavenly Father who wants us to be reminded that no matter what's going on in the world and in, in our life, that there is beauty and hope and um, and anyway, so I was just, I was just laying there in bed and just got this thought like, oh, I need to write this down. Just, you know, just in case I fall asleep, I don't remember. I need to write this down. Um, and then the next day I was on a walk and it was like, you could call it this, you know, mm -hmm. you could call it the gift of flowers mm -hmm. and it would, you know, pretty simple. Like, and it just kind of like, it was one of those things that like laid right out. Well, like you could do it like this and it's a way that anybody could take the flowers you know that ever you know really if anybody has any landscaping or flower beds they already have the foundation of a really great cut flower garden mm -hmm. and you could take those things and you know make simple gifts for other people you know we are all about you know baking cookies and give them giving them to somebody but I found when you give flowers to people it lights up their face in a completely different way. Um, and, and just simple ways that you can use what you already have, you know, how to do a, a mason jar arrangement, you know, just like little things like that in each season of um, what, of ways that you can gift flowers. I don't know if that makes sense, but makes sense. that's like, it just, it just like hit me like this is what it could be and it's a little different but it's everything that you already have and that you're already doing and skills that you already have and things that you already like feel passionate about you know oh this is so funny it's like making me emotional thinking about it because I share the same passion <laughs> you're over here crying about flowers I know it's 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 a thing but like it, it really is it, I love I love the message of because there's like you said, there's programs out there to learn how to grow flowers and things. I love this unique spin on it because it's like, that's what I would want to grow flowers for. I would want to grow flowers in my yard to take them to my mom's house or to take them to my grandma's house 
on for a Sunday dinner. I would want to put him on my calendar. I'd want to take him to the women who I minister to. I'd want to take him to my girlfriends on their birthdays, right? Like, right. so I love, I love bringing in like, not just grow the flowers just for the fun of growing them, not just for having them look beautiful in their yard, which they will, but like this other deep, this is the part that gets me emotional, deep, deep need that we have as women and like gift and nature that we're blessed with to be able to serve and give in unique ways to lift people's hearts, to lift up the hands that hang down, to strengthen the feeble knees, you know? And like, I just think, I think that is so pure and so just like the most beautiful gift from God. Like you said, I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I can see this being something that, like you said, I love how like for you from the beginning, this business has been hopefully a way to make money, but at its core, it's a way to serve and a way to lift and bless. And I love that this like strengthens that even more. I really love it. Tell me what comes up for you when you start dreaming about creating a program that looks like this. Um, so, <clears throat> sorry, that like made me all pretty emotional. <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so <clears throat> one thing that I've been thinking about like the last couple days as like that kind of inspiration hit, um, was, you know, like, that's not something that I can like offer next week, you know, like there's snow outside, it's snowing right now. Um, you know, this is, this is going to be a labor of love a little bit, but just making sure that I'm organized that this, you know, that I have everything in place, you know, that I think through everything right now, when I'm not like out in the flower field, if I know, okay, this is what I want right now. And, and know, okay, these are the videos that I am going to need to record this, um, you know, so that I already have that like planned out so that when it's time, when it's go time, when I can be outside, when the flowers are blooming, then I already know this is what I have to do. And I don't have to like scramble and think through it. I love it. Does it, if you sat down, one of my favorite ways to like, basically what you're saying is like build out a skeleton of the content that you would need for this program. (coughs) Excuse me. And like, one of my favorite ways to do this is like, I'll just get out a stack of sticky notes and write down every single principle or lesson or takeaway that I would want someone to learn from this program. And usually I'll have like 20 sticky notes, right? But then once I sort of have all of the ideas that I would want to communicate, that I would want people to learn spread out by topic, then I can start to group them together. Like, oh, these five go together these five or six go together, these three or four go together. And then you can sort of, you'll have basically like modules built out with your sticky notes. So that's one way that I really like to just like get it all out on a piece of paper and then sort of sift through it, filter through it and start to compartmentalize some of the topics together into topics. But another question that I had for you is, so let me start here. There's so many, so many different ways that you could sell this and so many different ways that you could package it together. 
does it, would it resonate for you more? Would it be more fun to create, let's just say, let's just call it a course right now, a course where you pre-record all the videos in advance. They live in this course. You can sell it as long as you want to, as often as you want to, or does it sound more fun or easier to teach it live where you wouldn't have to go pre-record a bunch of videos in advance? I don't know. I never really like thought about teaching it live. So that's something that I would have to think through. Yeah. I'm on a big teach it live kick <laughs> right now because what's really cool is that there's, there's so many different ways you can do this, right? Like you could call it, you could say that it's a live course, but the modules are dripped to them every week where they get a new video. But it's like that way, instead of you having to go make 20 videos or 15 videos in advance and have it be like, I can't sell anything until I have those yeah. 20 videos made people are sold into the experience of the program and you're like creating it with them in real time. So whether it's like you're literally live on Zoom teaching these things in your backyard, or maybe it's like, I'm just gonna send you a video every week over the next however many weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. That way it's like, it's not such a big lag time between, oh, I'd have to go spend three months putting that program together before I could sell it. You could literally start selling it as soon as you want to and we could just play around with the delivery of it. Hmm. And then you kind of get paid to create your course up front. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see how that would be a big advantage. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> and also like, this is part of the reason why I love this so much because this is not quite how I built my very first course. I did a little bit, well, Anyway, I, what I found was that I spent so much time like creating the modules and the videos from what I thought people wanted. But when I brought them into the experience and they asked questions, it was like, they actually don't really need this. They need this, something else. And so I think you can sort of customize it a little bit more if you're bringing people along through the journey of building the program as you go. And the second time you sell it, you could sell it all as recordings and like people get access to it instantly. They get access for however long, lifetime access, maybe given lifetime or access for a year, whatever you want to do that way. But it's like, once you've walked through the experience of creating it the first time, you could sell it basically evergreen as recordings, or maybe you do the same experience again, because you loved having people in the experience live with you. So there's like so many different touch points and ways that you could do something like this. But I think important for you to know, you don't have to do all the work up front. You could sell people into it as soon as you want to. I never even thought that that was an option. It's like I, that had never even occurred to me. So that's. And like, I, for me, even like sitting down to like, okay, now I have to like script the video that I want to record. <clears throat> I have to, for me, usually like my videos look like I'm sitting in my office, right? I'm not in the, in the, in the flower farm or anything like that, but it's like the pressure of like, I have to script what I'm going to say, I have to say it perfectly. And then I get in front of the camera and that makes me feel all, all weird and jumbled, right? It's like, I found that I like just teaching it live, like come hang out with me on zoom. I'm going to record it. It's not going to be like the most flawless produced video but you'll, you'll be able to get the content that you need makes me feel so much less pressure. Like having just having like the day and time scheduled, like you're going to go live with me on zoom at 11 AM feels so much easier than like, I have to go out to the farm tomorrow and record three videos. 
So right. I just want to give you some options to play around with to decide like what sounds first of all, the most easy, <laughs> what's the path of least resistance is my favorite question for digital products like this, because I guarantee like if I, if, or here's another idea, someone brings a video to your next, a video camera to your next in-person workshop and records it and boom, you're done. And you could sell that recording. So anyway, just playing around with some more ideas of like, what's the path of least resistance? I started to say, because you already have all this information in your brain. I love the phrase, basically what we're talking about is how to monetize your mind, which is like, that is my favorite playground <laughs> to play on because it's like your flower farm. We, I'm always like, I don't want to mess with your flower farm. Let's not put any pressure on it to be super profitable. Let's not put pressure on it that it has to do a certain amount in sales. It can just be the beauty that it is. And then we work on driving revenue through your digital product, whatever that looks like. And you don't have to scale up production. You don't have to hire people. You don't have to, you know, like spend more time on that effort. We're going to build you a leverage product that you can create one time and sell as many times as you want. Yeah, that feels big. <laughs> let's break it. Let's break it down. Let's take it back out of feeling overwhelming, so it feels like super doable. Let's let's make an actual game plan for you. Okay. What? Let's. I actually like the idea of recording your next in-person workshop. Okay. How would that feel? Um, it would be fine. We tried like last year. This actually same workshop that I'm doing in a in a few weeks. We tried recording it. I like we just had like a GoPro or whatever. And it just I don't know. It just wasn't set up right and it just felt that I don't know. It didn't I don't know. I didn't like how it felt. Let's talk about let's talk about what would feel what would feel the easiest and the most fun for you to be able to create a space for all this information <laughs> to be delivered to your people in whatever format that looks like. We haven't even talked about like workbooks, ebooks. There's so many options. What, is there anything that stands out to you of like, I could do that. That sounds fun. Like workbooks and eBooks and things like that, or like just anything. Any options. Yeah. That you're leaning towards. Um, a few different things that I've like just anyway thought about a little bit is um, I actually already have this on my website, but I never talk about it, which, you know, <laughs> that will make a difference in <laughs> sales. But um, one thing that was like really important to me on like when we started the flower farm, it was a very family friendly place, you know, mm -hmm. families could come, there'd be something for kids to do, you know, moms could cut flowers, whatever. And so I created um, a five senses scavenger hunt in the garden. And so, and it's all like picture-based. The kids don't even have to, you know, read, like ha they don't, you know, have to be able to read, but um, yeah, it's a scavenger hunt for your garden, you know, and you could in the summertime, you know, if moms wanted to, they could send their kids outside and be like, hey, go do the scavenger hunt. Or I think it would be awesome for like homeschool moms, you know, teaching elementary school kids about five senses. And, you know, like, I think, I think that's a general 
thing that all moms want is like their kids should be outside more, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Um, so just like a, anyway, just a really simple way you can get your kids outside doing something fun, you know, connecting with the garden. So I actually have that already in place. Like it's, it's on my website. Nobody knows about it, but it's there. <laughs> is it free or are you charging for it? Um, it's just a couple dollars. I love it. So, okay. Love that. Tell me what else sounds um, fun. Another thing that I thought a lot about in this, and I kind of talked about this earlier with you is that, um, everybody has the foundation of a really great cut flower garden already in the landscaping around their home. And I think that we need to shift our mindset of thinking like, Hey, this is our flower beds and this is our lawn. This is all your garden. Mm. Everything around your home is your garden. This is your front garden. This is your side garden. This is your back garden. And that just changes your mindset to be like, Oh, like I should actually cut these flowers. A lot of them will actually be healthier and produce more flowers. If you know, even your perennials, if, you cut them um you know you have this great foliage in your shrubs and your trees like you already have all of this and so um I think it would be I've anyway I've had that idea for a few years like oh I could do like an ebook on a perennial cut flower garden like in each season like you already have a cut flower garden and you don't even have to plant more than what you already have probably you know I love that. Um, anyway, what else? Oh, oh, that was, that was my <laughs> other thing too, is actually, let's even see if I have it right here. Um, one of the things that I feel like makes like you a really successful gardener or grower of any kind, so you have to write down what's going on in your garden, you know, like then you kind of know like, oh, like around the first of June, my peonies start blooming and I always have lilacs around Memorial Day so that's what I take um when I go to my loved one's graves you know like Mm -hmm. then you kind of know okay like this is kind of what the weather was like this year this is what I like to do this week um so and I bought a lot of like garden journals (laughs) and not liked them for various reasons yeah um anyway and I, I think that would be cool to like have a garden journal, something that can like fit in your pocket. It's really easy to take outside with you and like write down what's going on in your garden, what's going on in your garden that week, you know, that year. And then you can compare it. Like, I don't know, even if it was like one of those, I don't know, what are they called? Circle journals where it's like, okay, on, on May 31st this year, this is what it looked like on May 31st the next year, this is what it looked like, like even something like that. So you can like open the page and like even compare like, oh, this is what was blooming last year. And this is what it looks like this year. And this is what the weather was like. And, you know, anyway. I love it. You you were proving the, the point that I figured was probably already true that you already have a brain full of products, <laughs> whether they've been created or not. Maybe some of them have already been created by you, but you have a brain full of ways that you could monetize. The I love to think of like 
you know, the movie Inside Out where there's like core memories and they're like little marbles. I'm like every single one of those little marbles is information that people would pay to get access to and not just pay a little bit. They would pay a lot, a good amount of money. And here's something that I'll say that came to my mind is like, you could, you can build a very successful business selling a lot of low ticket digital products. You can build a super successful, that would be, I would call that like high volume, low ticket, right? So like if you're selling something for 17 bucks, you have to get thousands of people in there to hit a hundred grand. But if right. you're selling something that's $500, it doesn't require as many people, 500, a thousand, you get into some of the higher ticket numbers, that would be low volume, high ticket. And what would change would be the amount of access they get to you, the amount of support that they offer you. And so I would even play, or the, the amount of support that you offer them, rather I said that wrong, but I would play around with, I could even see you making like a scale of like over here, I've got my scavenger hunt, which is a couple dollars. It requires zero extra work for me. That would be a low ticket, high volume product. What would I create if I wanted to create something higher ticket? Like, let's just say just for fun, this is not like a right or wrong number by any means. Like if I wanted to sell something for $500, what would that look like? What bonuses would I give them? What access, what support would I give them? You could go as like, I could see you offering like, this is where my mind's going, a coaching offer where someone like me, who's like, I want someone who I can like dial up and ask questions to, like, yeah. you know, hold my hand a little bit. I want to do this, but I have the finances to spend and I want someone to like be at my disposal, not disposal. That sounds terrible. But you know what I mean? Like, I want to have instant access to someone. I can and see personal and like, super personal where we know and specific, you know, yes. And you yeah. like, you know, my garden, you know, like I'm in Utah our climates are pretty similar and you can help customize things that way. But like, even like a Voxer access to you where like we chat back and forth on, you know, a couple of times a day or a couple of times a week or whatever. So I would play around with like, if I had, or even like a thousand dollars, if I had to sell an offer for a thousand dollars or 2000, we can go as high as you want. I love to play with the high ticket numbers just because I think it's fun, but like what kind of support would I give them? Would I be like coming to their home and walking them through it? Would I be getting on a, a FaceTime call with them where they show me their landscape? And like, you, there's an infinite number of ways that you could give your genius to people, but that's what I would play with. If I wanted to sell a low ticket product, what would that look like? A mid ticket, a high ticket, and let yourself dream about the full spectrum. What's really fun is if it resonates for you to have like clients who are paying you, when you play around with a thousand dollar offer, you don't need very many of them to make a pretty big splashy financial outcome. And like, for me, I sort of realized like, I actually don't want a lot of one-on-one -on -one clients. I like serving groups a lot and I like having one-on-one -on -one clients, but I don't want like 10 private clients because I want to be able to serve a few really deeply and pointedly. Yeah, then you don't get like stretched too thin, right. you know? Yeah. 
because one of my pillars is also to have stillness in my workday too. So I'm like, if I have an hour in the morning to go for a walk and I have an hour long lunch break, <laughs> those are my two like most recent pillars that I'm implementing. Like I don't, I could have like five private calls per day and just jump from one call to the next. That's not what I want. So there are people who want that. And like, I, I played around with that, but now I know that's not what I want. I want a lot of openness in my schedule. So that means if I want to make, let's just say a hundred grand a year, I have about between three to six hours of coaching availability each week. So what offers would I put in those holes that would make it so I could hit a hundred grand plus per year? Those would be some of the questions I would play around with for you. That's the other thing I feel like too is, um, I, I think whether you're doing coaching or gardening, like so many businesses, there's a lot of there's a lot of work going on in your mind, you know, that's like, it's not like you're sitting down, like doing something, but you're working through those creative questions and um, like what it would look like and, you know, what I would grow, what I would, you know, that like all of that, there's a lot that like goes on in your mind that I think like having that stillness makes it so, you know, and not overstretching ourselves makes it so that like, your mind can like work through those things and be specific and personal to the people that you want to be, you know, and like give, give them the value that they, you know, that a big ticket offer like that would, would mean, you know, and I, I've taken classes before that it's like, you know, and they cost, you know, thousands of dollars. And the only access that you have to that person is like a question box at the bottom of the module. And hopefully they answer you back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's, there's no right or wrong way to do any of this. Like you, you could create a program where you offer zero support or you could create an offer that's as high touch support as like, can I send you a boxer message with a video to like ask about this specific plant, you know? So that's where I go to, because there's a lot of coaches who coach, like there's one right way to do this. And the right way is to sell high ticket stuff and sell it all day long, you know? And it's like, I don't think that's true. I think there are a million ways to build a multi six figure business in 15 hours or less per week. That's one of my other pillars. Like I am not going to go beyond that. I played around with it. I like for half a second, I had this thought of like, if I added an extra coaching day every week, I could bring in an extra however many thousand dollars a month. And it literally, the thought lasted that long. I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> even if I was making, even if I doubled my income, I wouldn't want to do that, which to most coaches are like, that makes no sense. Why would you not want to double your revenue? It's like, that's, that's only a part of the picture for me. My life style is the other 50% along with the income that I make. And so I love the idea for you of like, what would feel expansive what would feel like, how much support do I want to have with people? Do I want them to have me in their back pocket or do I not want them to? I think it's like a super personal preference-based question. And so you can play around with any variation of that option. I, I think that that's, I don't know, just the thought that I had when you're saying that too, is like, I can look at how my life is right now, say, okay, right now, I can offer this. That doesn't mean that like maybe in the future that could be 
something that I could offer. Like I can keep that there, but whatever, you know, I think it's really easy to like get feeling stuck. Like, okay, whatever I decide right now, that's what I have to do. But that's not true. Like I can look at what, what I have to give right now and what I feel like can fit in to, you know, my life and my family and my kids, my, you know, and all of those things and be like, okay, right now I have enough that I can give this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is, maybe it does just start out with a low or, you know, with a smaller offer, but eventually like maybe I can grow to there if that's something that, you know, starts feeling like it's really aligned with, you know, my goals and things, you know, there's any infinite number of combinations and variations and I just love the freedom of like there is no right or wrong way to do something like this if you the one thing I will say the one little like asterisk for me is that if you want to sell a low ticket product I think one of your like companion goals has to be having a pretty big reach in your audience And so if that doesn't resonate for you, you're like, I don't really want to have a zillion followers, (laughs) whatever that looks like. I kind of want to sell what I want to sell to the audience that I have right now. Then it's like, I probably wouldn't sell $17 products all day long. I'd probably start looking at an offer that takes me one hour a week to deliver. I love like the specificity of that. Like what can I deliver in one hour per week? What would my income goal be? Let's just say just for fun your income goal is $5,000 a month. What could I sell that would take me one hour per week to deliver? And at what price point would I have to sell and how many clients slash students would I have to have? So if I sold a four week long offer and I wanted to make $5,000 a month, I could sell a program with five spots for $1,000 or I could sell a program with 10 spots for $500 or I could sell a program with 20 spots for $250, right? So you can sort of see like how the scale of the delivery changes with like the end revenue income goal in mind. And then you can kind of say, do I want to sell something to 250 people? Not really. That's a lot. I think I could sell something to 10 people. Could I sell something to 10 people for $500? And could I sell it to them multiple times month over month? Those are some more questions to play with. How's that feeling? There's a lot to think about. <laughs> so, Is it feeling overwhelming or is it feeling expansive and exciting? Uh, somewhere in between, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's, if it's at least a little expansive. If you're like totally like closed off and paralyzed and overwhelmed, that's not what I want for you. But yeah. I want you to feel like you can really dream about this and have big dreams for it. And there's no rush. Everything will happen in perfect timing. And I love combining this with the trust that like God is already guiding you toward an offer. He's giving you the name of the offer, which for me is like, when I get the name of a program, it's like, oh, this is happening. This is for real. (laughs) And you're already, he's already distilling some of those pieces of information to you. And, and there is like the whole, like, I mean, 
even though I feel like lots of questions or, you know, like, oh, logistics, I'm not very good at technology. How would you even do that? You know, like you get, I don't know, like I get all of those. It, it doesn't feel like, it feels like, well, maybe that would be a good thing to learn. Like learning is good. You know, like it feels more like that, not like, oh, I can't learn all those things or figure all that out. It's like, well, I like, I would have to learn some new things and research some new things and, you know, yeah. I don't know. I'm excited for you. <laughs> I feel like good. <laughs> you already have the hard part, which is the information to give people. And so now you just get to pick how you want to deliver it. Yeah. There's a lot there. Is there anything else coming up that I can help with? Um, that, that feels like a lot. For, <laughs> that feels like a lot for our hour. Okay, good. <laughs> We've opened to... up all the doors of possibility. Yeah. Now you can start closing the ones that you don't like. So you don't feel completely covered in opportunities. Yeah. Well, and I like that it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm going to have to like, I don't know, this, this maybe sounds wrong. Like, it doesn't sound like, oh, you're going to have to work so much harder or you're going to have to like learn all of these things. It's like, you can figure it out with what you already know. Yeah. Right. The path of least resistance. What would yeah. be the easiest way for me to make $5,000 a month? Again, not that that number is like ideal or anything, but it's what a, a lot of my clients like. $10,000 a month sounds like that would change our lives. Yeah. It gives it, it puts a number on it. Yeah. It puts some specificity yeah. on it. So we like a lot of money, enough money, you know, it's like, let's get super specific about what your, how much does it cost to take your family skiing once a month and have a vacation and, you know, all the other like bonuses for me, it's like to have my babysitter come for 15 hours a week to also have a babysitter come so I can go on a date night with my husband once a week, to have a house cleaner come to my house, to be able to pay myself a certain amount per week, to be able to keep my coach because I need her because <laughs> I want to have her on my team, right? Right. And you can build a, a number for yourself of what you're aiming for. Yeah. Yeah, I look, I like that. And it makes you like really look at all the things in your life and how you want to make it work. Yes. With the time that you have, not like, this is going to give you another part-time job. This is Heavenly Father. I have one hour per week to offer. What can you help me create with that availability? That's cool. I like it. Okay. Keep me posted if I can help with anything else. <laughs> questions or roadblocks or obstacles start to pop up that feel like too difficult to overcome you know where to find me but I I hope you just have the most fun dreaming and playing with this and giving yourself full permission to try something and if you hate it to never try it again <laughs> and if you love it to keep doing it over and over if you look right. back at my business so I started out as a floral designer and oh I didn't know that yeah, loved it. I just did wedding flowers on the weekends that I hated 
being gone nights and weekends. And even though it was like a super, it was usually like a delivery trip or like a drop-off, I hated it. So I was like, okay, now I have the clarity that I don't want to do that. Then I started selling physical products and I took the pieces of that business that I loved and turn that into the next thing. And then it was the next thing I'm going to sell was a course for people to learn how to sell stuff on Etsy. And then I'm going to sell this. And then I like, I've had 20,000 pivots in my business over the last few years. And people who have watched me over the years are like, I started following you back when you were selling wooden baby gyms. And now you're a lifestyle and business coach. Like, what happened? <laughs> and it's like, I just give myself full permission to keep the things that I like and ditch the things that I don't. And if that means totally changing my business model, no big deal. Yeah. Well, and I think that it comes with like your life too. You know, when you started with the, you know, your first business, then, you know, maybe you were newly married, but then you have kids and then your kids get older and as they get older, then they need these things. And, and so like your life just has to change. Like that is just, that is just part of life. And, and your business needs probably needs to change too to come along for the ride. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I feel the same way about weddings. Because um, so many like people that start growing flowers, it's like, oh, like, you know, you're a farmer florist and you do weddings. And the first few years, like I would do a couple a year. And I like it was in December like just this year, I'm like, I'm actually taking that option off my website. Like it is not there anymore. Like I love beautiful weddings. I enjoy them. Like it's fun to make the bouquets and all of that, but like the, like the weekends and like those things, I'm like, I know that that like could be a high ticket item, but it's something that like is draining to me. (laughs) It's a no in my soul. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially like, it just never felt like it aligned with, um, like the core of how I wanted my business to be. Like if you're getting married, you're going to have flowers and most girls don't really care where they get them from, you know, like maybe they connect with you a little bit more than others, but like, even if you're not doing flowers, they're going to get flowers from somebody else. Like you're, there's going to be flowers at their wedding. But when, when like bringing flowers into your home, like that feels special. Like you just did something to make your home a little bit more a special place to be. You know, it feels, um, I don't know, maybe like self-care. I don't know. Like it just like, and it's not like, well, yeah, weddings have flowers. It's like, it's like, man, like I bring flowers into my home because like, I know that it makes me happier and a better mom or like every time I see them, I remember like when me and my kids did this fun thing at the pick, or, you know, and so like getting flowers into your, into people's homes every day, like that's where I feel like much more passionate about, I guess. It lights your soul on fire. What you're yeah. saying right now sounds to me like your brand message, your messaging. Other people might say flowers are great for weddings. For me, it's like flowers are great for my life, yeah. for my for my family, for me. And that's what makes you different and unique. Yeah. 
I like it. I love it too. I'm excited for you. Keep me posted. Great. And Thanks. it's been wonderful. You're, you're wonderful. And I'm excited to watch, to see what comes through for you. Yeah. Thank you so <laughs> much. I appreciate it. This has been wonderful. I'm glad. We'll talk soon. Okay. Okay. Thanks. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening in today. Are we already friends on Instagram? If not, come over and follow me at kaylin.priest. It's the best way to get tons of free value that I put out into the world through my content and also to stay up to date on my current offers and ways that you can get more support and coaching from me. So come over, follow me on Instagram and send me a DM to say hi and let's be friends.